I'm in one of those unique positions in ministry right now where you have put time and effort and study and diligence into preparing a particular message and then the Lord says I want you to think about something else and and so I, I actually began to be conflicted between the two because the other one felt like from the Lord too so I said Lord what what what, what would you have me to do and I I began to consider how to balance this and how to make a discernment of what what the Lord would have me speak to you today. And I began to consider there was one thing that I had studied out, diligently prepared for, and that was that was what I wanted to preach. And then there was something that the Lord just dropped into my spirit. I'm going to go with that this morning. I'm going to go with that. I'm reading from the book of Psalms, Psalm 126, verses 5 and 6. And this was, a, this was a word that dropped into my spirit this week. And it happened in the middle of a great message, a great service. Brother Jerry Dean was preaching on Wednesday night, the global mission service. And this service is special because uh, they were sending missionaries from America overseas to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. We have a big world to reach with the gospel. And we, we, are, we have to be global in our mindset. We have to be global in our thinking because God is, God is global in his thinking. The very first verse of the Bible says he created the heaven and the earth. And so God is interested in what's happening across the world. And there was just one little statement made in this message that he preached. And it, it sent me into a, into a direction that I feel is from the Lord. It's verses 5 and 6 of Psalm 126. It simply says this, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless, doubtless, come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. And I would like to, I would, I would like to speak to you this morning on this subject, sow in tears, reap in joy. Sow in tears, reap in joy. Could we lift up our voices unto the Lord and ask his blessing upon the ministry of the word today? Lord, I thank you for your spirit that has flooded this house. We sing hallelujah unto you. You know our name and we surrender all. And I trust in you. You have prepared a stage upon which we can meet you. And I pray today that your word will go forth with clarity, with accuracy with anointing with fervor with love for we can do nothing without you and we put our faith in you God I give you praise we humble ourselves before you today in the precious name of Jesus I wonder if we could lift up another praise unto God before we're seated Lord give you praise I 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 give you praise Amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Jesus spoke many parables in his ministry while on earth, and one of those great parables is what we would call historically the parable of the sower. And it's this parable where that a sower went forth to sow, 
And as he sowed, he sowed upon just indiscriminately. He just threw the seed. He broadcast the seed. It's actually where we get the term broadcast. It's, it's a broadcasting of the seed. There was no real uh, mind given to where it was going. It was just let's put it out there. And so the seed fell upon uh, what the Bible would, would, would call various types of grounds. And, and it fell upon thorny ground, it fell upon shallow ground, it fell by the wayside, and then it fell upon good ground. And it was in the good ground that the seed was able to take up root and begin to grow as was, uh, as was envisioned and planned by the sower. And of course, after the parable was spoken, uh, Jesus met with his disciples and his disciples began to interrogate him about the parable and they said, what does it mean? What does this parable mean? And I think that's interesting because you might hear a lot of people say, Jesus just made it plain for everybody. And I don't know that that's always the case. He actually spoke directly to the hungry. It was the hungry who could tell what he was saying. Uh, not everybody knew what he was saying. Only the hungry were curious and interested in what he was saying. And so he would many times cloak his truth in parables, and the Old Testament would refer to it as dark sayings, wise sayings, something that, something that had to be understood clearly. But many people cannot hear what the Lord is saying because their, their eyes are blind to him, and they have so filled their mind and their heart with the, the noise of this world that they, they don't know what he's saying, and the disciples didn't know. They said, we, okay, we get the agricultural uh, principle, but, but what are you, what are you you're, you're trying to say something more than just telling us how to grow a crop. And Jesus began to break it down and said, it's, it's for you to understand, and not everybody will understand it. Not everybody's going to go the extra mile and say, what do you mean by that? But the hungry will do that. The hungry will open up their Bible and open up their heart, open up their mouth and have a conversation with God and say, okay, God, speak to me. Tell me what you mean by what's in your word. And he began to explain to them that all of these players and figures and pieces, components to this parable, they represent something spiritual. And he said, the seed is the word of God. And, and it goes forth, and he began to describe that the thorns were the cares of this life, and that the, the seed that falls by the wayside is, is eaten by the vultures and the fowls of the air, and that this was, this was the enemy that would come in and, and take up the seed before it could take root. And of course, the good ground was that that brought forth the fruit. And I will have you know that anybody can be good ground. This is not predetermined by God whether you are good ground and capable of receiving the word. All you've got to do to make good ground is break up the fallow ground. Just get rid of the thorns and clear out the way. And, and, and if it's on the wayside, break up the wayside and turn, it, turn the fallow ground into good ground. And, and yet Jesus explained that this seed is the word of God. But one thing stands out to me, and it's the very opening of the parable. He says... A sower went forth to sow. That was his job, to sow. Now, we, we want to jump to the, the resulting factor and say that the sower went forth to reap. I mean, I'm glad he sowed, but what, what came of that sowing? What was it that, 
resulted from that effort. And, and Jesus starts the parable by saying, we're not, we're not talking about what resulted just yet. You, you can't get caught up in what the result is going to be at the moment. You, you have to concentrate your energies and your efforts and your mind on sowing. Against all odds, sowing. Regardless of what could happen, sowing. Regardless of what people are saying, sow, sow. The sower went forth to sow. Now, there's a, there's a principle of harvest that goes into motion and the sower will end up reaping, but that's not his concern right now. His concern is sowing. He didn't go forth to reap, he went forth to sow, knowing that there is a reaping that will occur if you will just simply sow. And the Apostle Paul explained to us that, that in this divine process of harvest, on a spiritual level, that one planteth, another waters, but it is God who gives the increase. So he describes this and he, then he explains, he said, I planted and Apollos watered and then God will give the increase. And that's what happens a lot of times in the kingdom of God. In fact, you are an example of that process. We all are. That somebody took the time to put the word of God in our hearts and we began to experience that and then somebody else came along and poured some water upon that word of God that was in our hearts and roots began to develop and, and the roots that were underground began to spring forth up from the ground and, and, and become a mighty tree and plant and vegetation and fruit began to grow. And so there's this, this activity of the sower who plants and there's this activity of the partner who will water in that effort but, but, but the miracle is God's business. Okay, the miracle belongs to God and there is a miracle. And you've, if you've heard me minister before, you've probably heard me say this, don't let anybody tell you they haven't seen a miracle if they've seen a tree coming up out of the ground. I'd like for you to explain to me how that happened. And I know you can, you can go through some kind of a scientific explanation, but nobody understands the how they might be able to describe the what, but they don't understand the how. What in the world, how in the world did that mighty oak come out of that small acorn? Amen, that's why we've got the oak cupboard, praise God, because we're sowing acorns that grow up into a mighty oak. And nobody can explain it because the increase is God's business. And so the sower's business is to sow. And the waterer's business is to water, but God is going to give the increase. And I want you to know that even right now, as I preach the word of God, I am sowing the seed, which is the word of God. Something right at this moment is getting into your heart concerning the principles and truths of God and it is, it is taking root in your spirit and your faith is increasing as a result. And I want all of us to be aware that we are all team members in this process. And people come week in and week out and daily to Tree of Life Church to receive something from the Lord and they receive something and we all are participants in watering the seed that is planted in their hearts. Praise God. Let them feel the love of God from you. Let them experience the grace of God from you. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verses 4 through 6 says this, He that observeth the wind shall not sow, 
And he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. As thou knowest not what is the way of the spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. In the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thine hand, for thou knowest not whether thou shalt prosper either this or that, or whether they shall both be alike good. He is explaining to us not to get caught up in the circumstances surrounding the event. Just sow thy seed. He said, he that observeth the winds, if, if you're going to sow your seed based on what the weather conditions are, you'll never do it. If you're going to put seed into the ground based on what the environment around you looks like, it will never happen. He that observeth the winds shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. Because you don't know how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child. And you don't know the way of the Spirit. You're trying to calculate and figure it all out. And you're trying to add this factor to that factor. And you're trying to multiply this and divide that. And it's not balancing the way you want it to balance. Because it isn't a way of the flesh. It is a way of the Spirit. And you cannot, you can just in the same way that you can't figure out the way of the Spirit and you can't figure out how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child. I heard Brother CLD say one time, if you were to be the creator and if you were to be the one to make a man or a woman in your own image, what would you put in the mixing bowl first? If you were to have to create nerves and blood cells and bones and sinew and flesh and organs, what would you put in the mixing bowl first? He was letting you know you can't do it because you don't know how it's done. But there is a God in heaven. There is a God in heaven. I said there is a God in heaven. And you're either going to believe he has the power or you're not going to believe he has the power. As for me and my house, I have decided we will serve the Lord. He has done so much for me. I cannot tell it all. I believe him. I trust him. I will live my life for him. For God I live. For God I die. And it doesn't matter what the winds are doing. And it doesn't matter what the clouds are doing. And it doesn't matter what the culture is doing. And it doesn't matter what the popular trends at the moment are. And it doesn't matter what cancel culture is. What matters is it is God that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. So in the morning... Sow thy seed. Tomorrow morning? Yeah. This morning? Yeah. What about the morning after that? In the morning. Sow thy seed. Well, what if it's raining? Sow thy seed. Well, what if it's lightning? Sow thy seed. Well, what if there's a winter storm warning in January? Sow thy seed. Get up. Get going. Do what God has told you to do. Well, it doesn't make any sense. It's not going to make sense. It's not, it's going, in fact, it will make anything but sense. The Bible says that, the Bible says that the wisdom of God is foolishness to this world. 
and that this world calls what is actually foolish, they call it wisdom. So a person can literally think they're being wise and they're being foolish. But if you'll do what God says to do, everybody in this world will tell you it's foolish. But you know it is the wisdom of God. And I'm going to put my hope in the one who created this whole thing. Because uh, I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. The grass will wither and the flower will fade, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Let me remind somebody that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. In the morning, sow thy seed. In the evening, withhold not thy hand. My great-grandfather was uh, a man of God. He received the gift of the Holy Ghost in Chicago, Illinois. I've told you the story before, but he, he went to that Pentecostal service. He thought they were all crazy. He thought they were being disrespectful and sacrilegious by the way they worshiped. He was ready to leave until he heard the man next to him speaking in a language that he had no way of knowing. It was my grandfather's native language from old Persia. And he heard him speaking that language and he knew there's no way this man could speak that language so fluently. And all he was doing was magnifying God, this, this North American man born and raised, magnifying God in the most fluent Aramaic tongue. And my great grandfather walked out of there saying, I don't, I don't, I don't, that still sounds and looks crazy, but, but it's real. It may seem foolish, but it's real. And he, he began to tell his Persian mission of 50 young men and said, I want us to tarry for the Holy Ghost. And they began tarrying for the Holy Ghost. He didn't even tell them they would speak with tongues because he didn't want to influence their thinking on it. He wanted to see if it was the real thing. And when they began to pray and tarry for the Holy Ghost, one by one, they began receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in other tongues. He was the last one. He was the pastor. He was the last one that received the gift of the Holy Ghost. He was so excited about it that he said, I got to go home and tell my family about the Holy Ghost. He knew in his heart and mind that when he got over to the Middle East that he would die as a martyr and he was willing to go. It was undergoing severe genocide. Armenian genocide is what it is known as. It was just recognized recently by the United States Congress as a genocide and it happened over 100 years ago and my great-grandfather went right Right into the teeth of it, expecting to die as a martyr, believing he would die as a martyr, wanted to be able to be counted worthy to give his life for the Lord Jesus Christ. But, but he went down into those villages and preached the gospel to his family and his friends and his fellow villagers, and they received the gift of the Holy Ghost at the preaching of the Word of God. It was a beautiful experience. He was baptizing them in Jesus' name. And instead of dying as a martyr, he was rescued from that genocide. He was put into Russia right at the time of the Bolshevik Revolution. He went from the frying pan to the fire. And, and there was severe civil unrest. He went underground, under the radar. He began preaching the gospel all up and down the underground network of Russia, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and built a church that stood the test of the Soviet Union. They were cast into prison, but when they were cast into prison, they preached the gospel in the prison. And when they were released from prison, generations later, they came up out of the prison preaching the gospel in the streets. He went over into the Middle East and into Russia believing that he would die, 
believing that he was giving his life. He had decided that he would be like the Apostle Paul and never marry. I'm glad he did marry. Amen. I'm glad he did marry. I'm a personal beneficiary of the fact that he did marry. But at that time in his life, he said, I'm going to go to the Middle East. I'm going to give my life as a martyr for the cause of Jesus Christ. But God had other plans. And there has been now and continues to be a bountiful reaping of the joy of God from the fact that he was willing to sow the seed. But I want to point out the fact that he did what Psalm 125, 126 rather, was saying. He was sowing in tears. And this is what Brother Dean pointed out that I, I don't think I've ever seen in this passage before. This beautiful verse of scripture that I've read many times. And it says, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again rejoicing and bringing his sheaves with him. And I don't think I've ever seen it, but Brother Dean brought it out. He said, I've always wondered why they were weeping. Aren't they rejoicing? Because they're going to see a great harvest. But he pointed to the scripture that said, God gives us seed. Some seed is for bread and some seed is to sow into the field. And he pointed out that the only reason they would be weeping is because they were bearing precious seed meaning it was hard to come by. It wasn't seed that they had plentiful supply of. It was probably all that they had. It was seed for bread. It was seed for food. It was seed that they were going to bless themselves with. And they were taking that seed that was meant for them to enjoy. And they were putting it into the field of a future harvest. And when you do that, you bear the precious seed, but you do it weeping. That is the sowing that causes a harvest of joy. It is one thing to sow out of your abundance. It is another thing to sow in a way that you feel it. Jesus sat by the treasury while he was ministering and he was watching as people were putting their monies into the treasury. Kind of a daunting thought knowing that Jesus is watching while we're putting our money into the treasuries, but he is watching while we're putting our money into the treasuries. And he saw two people that caught his attention and they were a stark contrast the one to the other. He said that there was a rich man that came and poured in a beautiful, bountiful supply of money into the, into the treasury. And then there was a little widow who had two mites. It was a, it was a by all worldly uh, consideration, it was almost a meaningless offering. But she put those two mites into the treasury and Jesus just stopped everything with his disciples and said, look, I want you to take a good look. And I want you to understand something that this world will never teach you. That rich man put in a big amount of money and that was nice and that was, that was nice of him to do, but he gave of his abundance. But this widow, she put in two mites and I have respect unto her offering. I am more impressed by what she did because when she did it, she gave everything she had. She sowed in tears. She carried the precious seed while weeping. It wasn't something that she 
was able to do and not even feel it. It wasn't something she was able to do and walk away saying, there's more where that came from and there's more where that's coming from. No, she did it not knowing what the next day would hold and not knowing whether there would be bread on the table the next morning. And Jesus said, I want you to get this and I want you to get it good. I want you to give at a cost to you. I want you to sow in tears. And, and when you sow in tears, you will reap in joy. There's a little widow woman, the Lord told Elijah. He said, Elijah, I've told you to prophesy a famine. You've done what I've told you to do. You've traveled up and down telling there's a famine coming. There's a famine coming. There's no rain going to come upon the earth. There's a famine coming. And now you're stuck with the famine. But I am going to look after you. Elijah, the famine that came is not going to affect you because you have been obedient to me. You have declared my word. You have walked with me. I'm going to protect you from the famine. The Bible says that I'm going to go supply your need by the brook, <laughs> Kidron. And the ravens are going to come and feed you. Elijah is down by the brook and he is receiving his water from the brook. And the ravens are bringing food to him every day. The ravens that are usually there to devour the carnivorous ravens, the ravaging. It's where we, it's where we get our word ravage. It has to do with a ravenous appetite. It means they'll eat anything in sight. But under the command of God... God put it into the instinct of the ravenous bird, the consuming carnivore, to come to Elijah's aid. And I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, that when you will sow in tears, God will reverse the nature of the hardened world around you. And things will begin to turn in your favor that don't normally turn in people's favor. And people will begin to bless you who don't normally bless other people because you have stepped into a new dimension. You are sowing in tears. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost today. And because you're sowing in tears, you shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, seed that's hard to come by, seed that is designated for something else, seed that is supposed to supply my own need but I'm going to deposit it into the kingdom of God he that goes forth weeping bearing precious seed shall doubt I want you to imagine with me what a life a life would be like that is doubtless I want you just to pause for a moment. This is a Selah moment. You deal with doubt every day. I'm inviting you into the day of doubtless faith. I'm inviting you into a day of doubtless living. Whew, hallelujah. 
but there's a famine, Elijah. I am doubtless that God will provide every need. But there's a recession, Pastor. I am doubtless that God will provide every need. Yeah, but the economy's looking a little wobbly. I am doubtless that God will provide every need when we sow in tears. We'll reap in joy. to preach it because the Lord put it in my spirit to preach. This isn't what I planned to preach, but the Holy Ghost is in it. He said, listen, Elijah, I have commanded a widow in Zidon. I've, I've commanded a widow in Zarephath and she's going to, I have commanded her to sustain you. Now, when Elijah gets there, He's, he's heard from the Lord, I've commanded her to sustain you. So imagine if the Lord told you that. You, man, I'm doubtless. I'm living the doubtless life. I'm walking in the doubtless dimension. I don't know what comes next, but I know it's blessed. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I know God's going to work through it in the name of Jesus. I'm living doubtless. I'm walking doubtless. I'm giving doubtless. I'm believing doubtless. Hallelujah. I'm loving doubtless. Hallelujah. Tree of Life Church, we are doubtless. I'm going to say it on this side. We are doubtless. I'm going to say it here. We are doubtless. We are doubtless. We are doubtless. God is going. My God, God's already done it. All we've got to do is step into it. God's already done it. He's already where? He's beckoning us to come. have commanded her to sustain you. So if I'm Elijah, I'm walking up and I'm knocking on this door. Whew, she's gonna answer the door and I'm gonna be like, praise the Lord, sister widow of Zarephath. So nice to meet you. I'm brother Elijah. I, I, I think you and the Lord have been talking about me. I, I, I presume he told me, he, I guess he's had a conversation with you or something. That's not what happened. He shows up at her house. And she's over there covered in a widow's garment, gathering sticks. She's depressed. She's, she's bemoaning her circumstances. Her life has been turned all the way upside down. Her husband has died. Her sons, she's trying to fix it. She's got just a little bit of meal left in the barrel. She's down to the bottom of the barrel, Brother Sizemore. And she doesn't know what to do. But here she is in a place of total destitution. And Brother Elijah walks up like with a suitcase and a calendar. And, and he's, got his, his, he's got his GPS. He's saying, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is the place. And he walks up in to talk to her. And, and he says, uh, uh, what's going on? She said, well, I'm a widow and uh, I'm going to go make myself and my son some food and we're going to die. And that's how it's going to go. Well, that didn't turn out the way he thought it would. But the Lord had assured him, I have commanded her to sustain you. He said, I want you to get what meal you have left and I want you to make me a meal. Can you imagine the audacity of that? But let me tell you how the Lord commands us. Some of you are going through something and you think the devil is attacking you. But I've come to tell you that God is commanding you into a blessing. 
Some of you are at the point of this experience where you think that all hope is gone and you think there's nothing left and you think you've got one meal between you and the grave and you think and you think and you think his thoughts are higher than your thoughts and his ways are higher than your ways. As high as the heaven is above the earth, so much higher are his ways than your ways his thoughts than your thoughts oh I feel like I need to tell somebody on behalf of the Lord today I know the thoughts I think toward you thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end He's been commanding every step you take. He's been commanding every move you make. He's been commanding all of the circumstances surrounding your life for this moment. For you to decide, what am I going to do with this precious seed? Am I going to consume it? Or am I going to put it into the earth for the glory of God? Elijah says, I'm asking you. I know it's audacious. I know preachers already have a bad reputation. I know everybody's going to tell you those preachers want your money. Elijah says, but ma'am, I'm, I'm just trying to tell you. You eat that meal and you're done. But if you will give that meal, God will provide miraculously. God will provide miraculously for you. Aren't you tired of having to calculate everything? Aren't you try, tired of having to make everything make sense? Because guess what? Guess what? The reason you're tired of it is that it will never make sense. And it will never be calculated according to your specifications. At some point in your walk with God, you're going to have to step into the doubtless dimensions of God where you know that you know that you know that you know that God is up to something good. I'm tired of giving of my abundance. I'm tired of living a life where I got it and I can give it and I don't miss it. I'm ready to step into doubtless dimensions. Hallelujah, where I sow in tears, where it hurts just a little bit, where it fe I feel the pain of it. I remember being there. I remember being there. Uh, we were buying our first house and we were just kids in our 20s and we were buying our first house. On Friday, the realtor called and said, all right, the closing is Monday morning and here's what you gotta bring to the table. What? That is not what I calculated. What, what she told us, I said, oh my word, this is way more than I expected. I, I'm at the end of this process and you just put another mountain in my road. In my road. And I, she said, I'm sorry, this is, the, this is the final tally and we're gonna have to have the check on Monday morning. And I'm trying to buy a house and we went from, you know, Excited uh, first time home buyers, and we're posing with our sold sign and all of that to like, oh God, uh, picking up sticks in my widower's garment. And, Lord have mercy. I thought, what are we, what are we going to do? And I got to church on Sunday, and it was Mission Sunday. As I'm sitting there, I will never forget this. This may not seem like a lot to you, but as I'm sitting on that platform, we had. We had made a commitment every month to give to missions that weren't, that, listen, listen, Tree of Life, it wasn't even going to stay in our local church. 
It was going beyond our local church. And let me tell you something we have tried to do as we've gone through this building program, as we have tried, and by the grace of God, we've been able to do it, to never stop giving to missions around the world. Because I'm going to tell you, you stop doing that and God will cut that spigot off right now. He's not, he's not interested in us just building this house. He's interested in us building his house. And as I'm standing there, we were, we were, I was 20, I was, I was 22 years old, not even, almost 22 years old. And I was, I was standing there with my missions offering and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the envelope that I'm putting the check into. And I, I had this thought, I thought this doesn't make any sense for me to give this commitment right now. I need this for tomorrow. It doesn't cover what they're telling me to bring, but it, I need every little bit I can get. And I thought, I need, to just, I need to just hold off another couple weeks and then I'll just give it then. And I'm telling you, the Lord spoke to me so clearly. He said, trust me. And I put that missions offering and before I could think any further, I licked that envelope and threw it in the plate and said, take it away, take it away, take it away. Just get it out of my sight. I'm going to go get my sticks and meal and go to bed and hopes there's something in the barrel tomorrow. I woke up the next morning and the realtor called about an hour before we were supposed to leave to meet at the closing table. And I answered the call. I dreaded answering the call because I was going to have to tell her. I don't, know, I don't know what to tell you, but we're just not, we're just not in a position to do what, what we thought we could do. I, I, some kind, something went wrong here, and I don't know what it was. And, and as she answered the phone, she said, hey, Joel, I got some interesting news. There's been a miscalculation. I don't know what it is. What happened? Because on Friday when we talked, all of the numbers added up to this. But there's been a drastic change in the, I, I, she didn't know, nobody knew. i tell you who knew, God knew, and he knew it the whole time. He had commanded me into a blessing. He put me in a position where it wouldn't make sense. I want you to know God is commanding you into a position. Now, Tree of Life Church, let me tell you something. We didn't build this building to stay locked in these four walls or however many walls we got here. That's not why we built this building. We built this building so we could have a base of operation where we can impact this whole city in the name of Jesus, where we can impact this whole region in the name of Jesus. And we have aggressive vision and we're going to storm the gates of hell and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of the living God. And there will be a tree of life where your children and your grandchildren in all parts of this city will be able to receive at the good hand of God his mercy and his love and his grace and his peace. And it's going to take the resources of his people. Hallelujah. And I, I feel like Elijah. I know Elijah. Listen, Brother Elijah, I can empathize. You don't like asking people for big things. We've, we've, tried to, we've tried to set a goal between 
March of 22 to October of 23 of 1.2 million. Do you know you've given over a million of that already? You have. You have given over a million of that already. We're going to be launching a new vision campaign in 2024. And I'm going to tell you something. The people of God have given more than they've ever given in the last three years. And they're better off now than what they were when they first started giving. Yo, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how. I just know what. I don't know how the bones do grow in the womb. I don't know how the way of the Spirit. I don't know how the seed begins to sprout underground and come up from the ground. But I know that when you sow in tears, you're going to reap in joy. Somebody lift up your hands unto the Lord and praise him right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, lift up your hands unto the Lord right now. In the name of Jesus. Brother Jib, Sister Carly, we're praying for you as you welcome your new little baby into the world here pretty soon. I remember when you sowed in tears. I remember. I remember when you stepped in and said, it doesn't make any sense at all. But Lord, here's my precious seed. He said, he said this, he said, prove me now herewith. Three words. One is a compound word, but I want to take you three words. Now, here, and with. That's how you prove God. You prove Him now, you prove Him here, and you prove Him with. That precious seed. We've had people to open up their hearts and open up their storehouse and say, this is precious to me, but I'm giving it to the kingdom of God. Lord, open up the windows of heaven upon your people. Let them step into the dimension of the doubtless. Lord, bless this city in Jesus' name. Lord, my heart grieves over the lost souls of our city. Lord, you said we are to spend and be spent for your sake and for your glory. Lord, we feel, we feel sometimes spent. But oh, what a joy it is to be spent for your glory. Help us, God. Lord, we want to open up churches downtown. We want to open up churches across the river. We want to open up churches on the west side and the east side. Help us, Jesus, I pray. Lord, we want to open up a discipleship ministry center, a whole center where people can grow. Hallelujah, like in a greenhouse, grow under any circumstances while the weather outside is so threatening and frightening. Lord, let us, let us have a safe place where people can grow. 
grow. Body, soul, and spirit where families can be put back together, where children can grow up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Lord, save this city. 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 Use our hands. Use our feet. Use our resources. Lord, help us in Jesus' name. Like David of old, who went horn and said, I'll give you the property. I'll give it to you. David said, no, I will not sacrifice unto my God where it costs me nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish I could tell you that the vision is inexpensive and cheap and that it's just going to all fall into our hands and into our lap. But I'm going to tell you something. That's not it. It is not going to cost us nothing to do what God has called us to do. In fact, it's going to cost us everything. But even when we've given everything, we will gain the more. I wish I could put that on a graph chart. But it doesn't fit on a graph chart. This city lieth foursquare. The length and the breadth of it are equal. The walls are 144 cubits high. And the depth of this city is 12 foundations upon whom the 12 names of the apostles are written. It's got own, its own dimensions. And I can't figure it all out. But I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded. I am persuaded. This building, this church, this beautiful, precious church, all the way back to 1925 when Brother Kurtz came and, and Brother and Sister Buller were here in 1969 and, and Grace Point back to 1945, Brother Sizemore, Brother, Brother Vadir and Brother Sizemore, hallelujah, and Brother, all of the wonderful men and women of God that poured in to this congregation through the years. Hallelujah. I give you praise, Lord. This wasn't built with wealth. This was built with sacrifice. This wasn't built with ease. This was built with blood and sweat and tears. And what we do in 2023 is not going to be done with ease. It's going to be done in tears. It's going to be done in tears. We're going to do it. We're going to do it in tears. And we will reap in joy. I need the saints of God to lift up your hands with me all across this house. The Holy Ghost is here. The Holy Ghost is here. Let me tell you something. I got to hold, I got to hold baby Nolan Driggers at General Conference. Brother and Sister Driggers who are going back to Spain soon, they came here in 2021 and they they were I called them in an ambulance they were they were coming to Cincinnati from Indianapolis and they'd been told that that little baby in their womb wouldn't live they were coming to Cincinnati Children's Hospital just hanging on to all hope that something might occur brother Ellis and I brother Sizemore we began to pray for them and encourage them in the Lord and the church began to gather around them in Jesus name pray for them strengthen them in the name of the Lord hallelujah and that little baby was born and that little baby fought for his life and I remember the day that brother Driggers and sister Driggers and I stood over that little baby 
holding hands, praying for that precious child. And the numbers, the numbers on the machines were terrifying. We, he was literally, he was literally passing away as we stood there. And we began to pray in the name of Jesus Christ. We began to call upon the name of the Lord. We said, God, save this precious child in Jesus' name. And I'm, I kid you not, it was like a wind of God came into that room. You could feel a refreshing of the Holy Ghost happen. And while we stood there, the numbers started climbing and improving, and they never went back. They never turned back. We started weeping and speaking in tongues. And Brother Jared Driggers said to me, he said, Brother Urshan, I'm going to march this little boy around Tree of Life Church one day. We're coming out of this hospital in Jesus' name, and I'm going to march him around the church. And it was the end of April 2023. Brother and Sister Driggers and baby Nolan led this congregation in a victory march around this church building that God helped us build. I was walking through General Conference in Indianapolis at the convention center. And here they came. I just, everything in me leapt for joy. They took Nolan out of the stroller and put him in my arms. I held him. I said, I love you, buddy. I love you. I thank God for every answered prayer. I told Brother Driggers something. I quoted a scripture to him. I, this is what I quoted to him when he said, I'm coming to Cincinnati. I said, Brother Driggers, the Lord has much people in this city. And we're going to surround you. We're going to be a fence all around you and your family. The Lord has much people in this city. And I want you to know, Tree of Life Church, you are a part of this much people in this city. And you and I have a responsibility to link hands and link arms. And yes, give. Give in tears. Give precious seed. Give the seed we had planned for other things. Because there are other families that are here already and that are coming soon that need us to surround them and say, you can make it. We're going to pray you out of this hospital. We're going to pray you through in the name of Jesus. We're going to get you through this. We're coming through this together. We might be weeping now, but we're going to reap in joy. We're going to reap in joy. I said we're going to reap in joy. And I need everybody that believes it to lift up your voice in praise unto God. Come on, lift up your hands and your voice unto the Lord right now. I'm opening up these altars for some people. Hallelujah, you've been weeping. But God said weeping may endure for a night. But joy cometh in the morning. Joy cometh in the morning. Joy cometh in the morning. God bless you, precious saints of God, you beautiful saints of God, for your giving, you wonderful people of God. God bless you and your families. <laughs> In the name of Jesus, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious unto you. The Lord give you peace.